Hello everyone, it's Stacey here. I know you're all eagerly awaiting Series 2 of Rough Giraffe and I promise we'll have that to you as soon as possible. In the meantime, I hope we can feed your Rough Giraffe hunger by palming off some unheard clips. I've scoured the recycling bin on the laptop and found things that were just far too funny to put in the original shows. There'll be a few things that were not in the original shows because we were trialling them as experiment and they didn't quite work, but you know us well enough now to forgive us for that. So I hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod or on Instagram at Rough Giraffe Podcast and that's where I post most of the pictures of Kipper the Wonky Cat and if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be great. So, should we get on with the show? Deep from the jungle of the African Congo To the concrete jungle of the garden bungalow You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs Making a podcast called Rock Your You know I was on the one show this week. <laughs> well, you were supposed to be sitting in the audience of the one show this week. Well, you don't sit on the one show, you stand. But yes, I was meant to be in the audience. Does everybody stand on the one show? There's only 12 people in the audience. Oh. So that's why you and your husband were standing up waving placards. You had to cause trouble. You only went there for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, we... um. We weren't, we weren't t- intending to get involved, but when we arrived, they said, do you want to get involved? And of course, Owen said, yeah. And then we kind of got bullied into doing it with him. <laughs> but I, I, you probably noticed that uh, you can hardly see my face. I, I couldn't see your face. I could see Owen's face and his ad-libbing. Yeah, of course, of course, he's gonna ha- he's gonna ham it up. He's got he's got a he's gonna milk it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You'd never know. There's an agent watching, going, oh, the guy, the guy with the sign. I need him. Yes, yes, that's it. It's a wonder his name wasn't in the credits. <laughs> he's he's written in with crayon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was very nice. It was not as good as his time on uh what was he on? Uh Call the Midwife. No, not Call the Midwife. Doctor Who? No. The quiz show. Uh, oh, the weakest link. Oh yeah, the weakest link. He did well in that. He did better than Alan did. Do you ever remember Alan doing that? On yes and no. Yes, and they said, then your name's Alan? Yes. <laughs> and he would go for days and days without saying yes or no. How long did he practice that? <laughs> for years. He, he practiced it. We had, he, had the, he had the invitation about eight weeks or so before we, he actually went. Yeah. And we had to put up with that for two months. <laughs> that was every time you spoke to him it was i may be i could do <laughs> just speak to me normally and then the minute he gets in front of des o'connor it's is your name alan yes yes right, off you go 
I remember he had a. I made him a special. Do you remember I made him his special waistcoat as well? Yes. Yes. With all, uh, well, I said that was a waste of a waistcoat. <laughs> <laughs> that was a waistcoat. Bless him. But anyway. So we were on the train on the way home and um, me and Owen are sitting there. You know, you weren't recognised, were you? No, we were sitting there all excited going, oh my God, I can't believe we've been on the one show and wasn't it great when we did this and, you know, we did this and I was on TV and I did this and, and let's, let's look on iPlayer and see if we're on yet, right? And we're just talking about it really loudly. And then I look I look at Owen and I look just beyond Owen at the person who's across the aisle from him, at this guy who was staring at us and I suddenly stopped talking like, Owen, look who that is. And Owen just looks and goes yeah whatever no look who it is and he looks and stops it was the presenter from the one show (laughs) it was the um snake guy mike okay who had been on that show standing next to us in the audience doing some bit and that he was just staring right at us as we're going oh we're on the one show let's watch it and he's like thinking yeah i'm on the one show every night what's it to you So, Mum, what have you been up to this week? I was, in fact, looking at the amazing history of barcoding. Oh, barcoding. To be fair, it's not that amazing. It sounds brilliant. I did glean one or two facts from it. Yeah. For instance, Stacey, do you know which was the first item that had a proper barcode printed onto it? Oh, I think it's going to be something very 60s, like fish fingers. No, no. Not a fish finger, but it is actually the same shape. You're you're there with the shape. So it's blocky, rectangular. Uh, veggie finger. No. Mars bar. No. Fudge. No. Whisper. Um, it is actually a packet of Wrigley Spearmint gum. Oh. It was the first product in 1974 to be actually produced with an, a barcode already on it. Oh, okay. And I believe that the first barcode reader yeah was in 1974 in macy's supermarket in america however i also think that they didn't have a bleep on the machine when it first started okay and they didn't know whether the items had actually gone through the till so it was another (laughs) 12 months before you had a barcode with a bleep and until then someone had to make the noise have you seen anything interesting in the newspaper this week? Well, there's been uproar. Yeah. Because Mary Berry has put double cream and white wine into her lasagna. Oh, my God. Was it a God. spaghetti bolognese? One of the two. Cream and white wine? Yeah. They had hundreds and hundreds of Twitters, tweets. Are they tweets? Hundreds yeah. of tweets saying it was... Um, a travesty. It was a travesty of justice. Well, I just want you to know, anybody out there who thinks that Mary Berry put in um, double cream and white wine into a spaghetti bolognese, Mm. just let it be known. I put evaporated milk into my lasagna. (laughs) To be honest, though, you putting evaporated milk into something is not the worst thing we've heard you do. At least it wasn't peanut butter and... Oh, no, was it Reese's Pieces and Celery? Yes. Or... You put a wafer onto your tuna sandwich <laughs> to give it a crunch. Yeah. Anything else 
you've noticed? I see that um, there's a Tesco in Brent Cross yeah. in London that stopped two men from buying £200 of food for homeless people for a... Um, they worked at a charity, mm. St Lawrence's Larder in London. Yeah. And they were prevented from stocking up on groceries... Uh, because they went to the checkout with a trolley only to be told they were buying too much. £200 is too much. I spend that at Christmas. It says, Dean, the manager, was off on holiday last week and came back to a storm. I bet he did. <laughs> he handled himself and the ve- and the situation very well today. They've given... Well done, Dean. ...the charity a £100 gift voucher so that they can buy food. But they wanted £200 worth of food. And they've also offered to donate excess food to the to the charity. I'm just wondering why they just thought that they'd bought too much food. Yeah, I mean... And the organisation uh, feeds up to 90 people every week who are in need of a decent meal. Maybe they just cleared the shelves of the uh, baked beans and the vegetable soup. But um, Well, you'd have the vegetable soup. They wouldn't have any left for you. They said, oh, it's fine. We've invited Tesco to visit us at the larder, which they have agreed to do. And they've still spent £200. It's just that Tesco paid for half of it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Loads of people spend £200 or more a week on their shopping. It's crazy. So, Owen, um, I'm just waiting for Mum to get on the phone, but we're here in Boston. Yeah. How, are you, how are you enjoying it so far? Boston's lots of fun. Food is great. I think I might have diabetes type 2 already, so I'm on to a winner. Oh, you, you're an American already? I am indeed. Dunkin' Donuts is my downfall. We've only been here 24 hours. Look at that cream. That cream and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> So, while, we're, while we are waiting for Mum, um, do you mind if I tell you a little story? I'd love you to tell me another story. Not another story, a little story. Well, a little story this time, yeah. Let's pretend we've never spoken to each other before. Okay. Will you? <laughs> so, this is a story from the Mirror newspaper. Okay. Don't let that put you off. I am a little bit put off. I know, I'm sorry. The headline is... Massive asteroid nicknamed the Rock yeah. to make closest pass to Earth in 400 years. Mm-mm. Now, I'm sorry, but this is going to scare you. I'm scared. I am already scared of asteroids. I know of a near Earth asteroid that's going to hit us in 2029 and 2031. It's called Apophis. So, one is going to hit us in 2029 and 2031? Mm, not quite. It's going to come very, very close in 2029. It might hit us, and then it's going to circle around and come back in 2031, where there's a higher chance of us being obliterated. Okay. Closer to the moon. It'll be between Earth and the moon. You love um, uh, things where the Earth is put at peril, don't you? I don't, but I'm drawn to it like a moth to a flame. <laughs> this asteroid is nicknamed the Rock... After Dwayne Johnson, the wrestler. Not because it's a rock. Not because it's a rock. Okay, fine. But because Dwayne Johnson is big, Mm. and this asteroid is big... I see the thinking there. Yeah. Um, So, what's the difference between an asteroid and a meteor? It's to do with the ice content. Uh, An asteroid... Oh, no. There's a comet. A comet is ice, with like a dirty ice. Uh, An asteroid is in space, and a meteor is what was once an asteroid if it goes into the atmosphere of a planet. 
So, so when it hits the Earth, it becomes a meteor. I believe so. Okay, fine. So, uh, this, so the rock, Dwayne Johnson, the asteroid, mm. is set to make its closest pass to Earth in four hundred years. The asteroid, it's travelling through space at 33 metres per second, which is only 70 miles an hour. That's not... 73 miles an hour. That's not fast. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, And it's supposed to be between 650 metres and one and a half kilometres in length. They're not quite sure. That's big, though. It's big. And although it's not getting that close, it's meant to make its closest approach to the Earth, and it will be 1.1 million miles away. So this... Is what a page filler? It's <laughs> not really a story. It's about it? four and a half times the distance from the Earth to the Moon. Oh well, bloody watch out for twenty twenty nine, twenty thirty one. So, so if the Moon is that means the Moon must be what a quarter of a million miles away, mm. and this is four times further. They've missed a, they've missed an opportunity there because I think in four hundred years time, even if it does get close, it um, I believe I have faith in science that there will be a way to destroy that. But this one coming sooner, you just reminded me of it, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. 15 years, is it 15 years? No, 13 years time. We will de- we'll see a massive rock in our skies. Dwayne Johnson? Unfortunately not. It'll be very, very, very scary and people are going to freak out about it. And it'll get even closer than in two years' time. This is the closest any asteroid has come to the planet in the last 13 years, this one, this mm. rock. Yeah. Well, the, the worry is the asteroids that don't get spotted because there are so many near-Earth um, near Earth misses that haven't been spotted because just the way... Because it's so massive, because space is just enormous. It's, oh. What are you telling me this story for? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I'm just looking at the bottom of this um, article and it does say the next known encounter of an asteroid of comparable size will be in 2027. It's even less time. When a half-mile asteroid will fly by at one lunar distance. So that's the same distance as the moon. It could hit the moon. It could hit the moon. Mm. And and it says even a 30-metre-sized asteroid can cause significant damage to a major city. Absolutely. So this is, this is going to be like a, half a mile wide. Now, this is something I used to obsess about as a child and I couldn't sleep. And then I sort of trained myself to just go, well, doesn't matter because it'll happen or it won't happen. Um, but now I've got that feeling of dread that I had as a child. Well, you don't worry because it says, whilst not causing an extinction level event, so no. it's not going to cause us to become extinct. Okay, that's reassuring. Uh, it could have calamitous effect. It all depends on where it lands, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but NASA have described it as an outstanding opportunity for astronomers and amateur stargazers. Mm-hmm. A little bit too close to comfort for my liking. So, so there you go. Don't have nightmares. <laughs> I won't. You will. I will have nightmares. <laughs> Mum, have you seen these new £5 notes that are out? They're like made out of plastic and the vegans are in uproar because they're using animal, animal fat and the vegans don't want to use it. When the new £5 notes came out, Graham Short, mm. he's, a, he's a micro-artist. He does absolutely amazing engravings and tiny little... Oh, just... There were four special £5 notes that each had an engraving on them by Graham Short. Mm. Now, each one is estimated to be worth £50,000. Right. And now the third one has been found... 
by a lady in Northern Ireland and she has donated it to charity. Oh. Uh, she'd like to help young people and so she sent it back to Graham Short and said, it was lovely to speak to you today. There's a £5 note enclosed. I don't need it at my time of life. Please use it to help young people. Kindest regards, Jay. That's amazing. Oh, that's really nice. What's more amazing is check your fivers. <laughs> Why? Because the last remaining Jane Austen £5 note is still out there. Oh. It could be anywhere in the world. There's been over 5,000 people who've called up falsely claiming to have found it i'm sure they have now if you find it just remember i'm i'm not rich someone will give you a fiver tall plants short plants fat plants thin plants smelly plants angry plants sexy plants weird plants i'm going to tell you about my um strange plant tale okay the strange plant that i have chosen this week mm. for my strange plant story yes is um is amorphophallus titanum amorphophallus titanum sounds naughty it's also called the corpse flower oh now it grows more than six or seven feet tall yeah and um it smells pretty much like rotting flesh oh and um it's colored in a deep burgundy to look like blood and rotting flesh right but uh, it's not something from a low budget science fiction movie this is um the corpse flower mm. amorphophallus titanum from indonesia right and this is um it's pollinated in the wild by um insects that like dead meat carrion insects yeah, like vultures. Has the world's <laughs> biggest inflorescence, the flower spike. And the fragrance is um, smells like a decomposing animal. Uh, so it's known as the carrion flower or the corpse plant. So that is my strange plant for this week. It's not something that you want in your lady garden. My strange plant for this week mm. is Mimosa pudica. Yeah? The Mimosa pudica. Pudica, poo. You said poo. Pudica means shy. Uh, so this is the shy plant yeah. or the sensitive plant. Oh. Now, the leaves, if you touch the leaves, mm. they all fold inward and droop down as though the plant's dead. Whenever you touch it or it's shaken, all the plants fold up as though the plants die. I do that when I'm shy as well. So for curiosity value alone, yeah. it's worth having a look. Where's it from? Um, it's a plant that's native to South and Central America. Okay. But um, it's become uh, almost a weed in South America. Oh, that's not going to help its confidence. So that's Mimosa pudica. That's a, a plant that's got feelings. Oh. The shy plant or the sensitive plant. That's my curious plant for this week. Thank you very much. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of that wonky cat? He looks twice than any cat around. Kipper, hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper, the wonky cat. Tell us about your toenail. Oh, well, 
my fo- after walking through London town yesterday, yeah, I thought my toe was just sore because it was been blistering. And then when I went to uh, try and rip a bit of my toenail off to make it a bit shorter, the whole of my toenail came off. Ooh. The toe, yes, uh, nail bed and everything. Oh. So it looked a little bit scary. There wasn't any blood, but it just stuck it back down and thought. Uh, I'll look at that later because that looks too scary to deal with now and put a plaster on it. I'm hoping it's just going to stick itself back together. Science is going to work, do its one work, and do its magic, and I'm going to have a toenail there again. Sounds like I've you... got a brother-in-law who yeah. had a toenail removed and his toenail is disgusting, so I did have an image of me not having a toenail there. Was that an ingrown to toenail? Me. Yeah, but he had the heart. But I would imagine if your, to- if your nail bed went as well, there would nothing else, nothing for your nail to grow back on. Yeah, it, 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 if if you do really get that that nail bed that roots out, then it doesn't. But so it's the nail, it's the toe next to the little toe. Oh, you don't need that. It hasn't got a really nail on it anyway. And when I pulled it, there was a lot of nail. There was it was a lot onto the normal nail because I painted my nails red, so I could see where <laughs> it was red toenail. Oh my and god. they're not red toenail, and there was a lot of not red toenail. Oh my god. Kipper, no. Kipper, do you think her nail is going to grow back? <coughs> oh, oh, Kipper, don't be so disgusting. Um, I don't know if you understood what he said, Joey. Well, he was asking if he could lick it. <laughs> He's so disgusting. He is disgusting. He has these weird fetishes. Wasn't he licking your psoriasis? <laughs> Hello, Kipper. This is Theresa May. What's your favourite flavour ice cream other than pistachio? Please don't say pistachio. Thanking you. Kipper? (coughs) Strawberry mini milk? (coughs) No question? (coughs) Okay, let's hear another one. Hello, Kipper. It's Jeremy Corbyn here. Do you prefer to sit on a seat or sit on the floor? Done. Thanks. I suppose this is easy for you, isn't it, Kipper? You love sitting on a chair. Yeah. Easiest question of the night, huh? Good. Hello, Raf Giraffe. It's bloody Neil Kinnock here from the Labour Party. Now, fingernails. When do you cut your fingernails? See, I do mine every Sunday with my Sunday bath. Thing is, though, they're not long enough to really give them a proper cut. Ideally, I'd like to cut them on the Wednesday after the Sunday, but I don't do that because it's a midweek, see? And if I do cut them two weeks every Sunday, then it's too long. What do you think I should do? What do you think, Kips? (coughs) Now, you don't take baths and you don't cut your nails. (coughs) So, I'm not sure what what your opinion is on this. You think you think humans should just scratch furniture? Lick their testicles clean on a Sunday night and scratch the furniture? Not quite sure that's going to take on. <laughs> You're gross. Next question. <laughs> Hello there, it's Barack Obama here. And I've just come back from a holiday over the pond to the United Kingdom. Now... I've got a question for you here. Now, I noticed talking to some older people, 
that Starburst used to be called Opel Fruits, and Snickers used to be called Marathon. Can you tell me the origins behind the names of those confectionery bars? And also, are there any more? <laughs> Bye for now, y'all. Oh, Kip, I'm not sure if you're old enough to remember Opal Fruits. They were they were the same as Starburst, but they changed the name from Opal Fruits to Starburst, I think, to fit in with the American branding. And we used to have a lemon Opal Fruit, but we don't have a lemon Starburst. We have the, the green one, which is lemon and lime mixed together. There are some other products that changed the names, like Oil of Vole became Oil of Yule. Was it the other way around? One of those. Um... And Jif became Sif. But other than that, I can't think of any any other name changes. I know you don't care because you don't eat any of these products. Well, you shouldn't eat Jif or Sif anyway. They're for cleaning the toilet. (laughs) The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. Mum, have you heard of the... Bony-eared assfish. <laughs> no. Its Latin name is Acanthonus armatus. Okay. Otherwise known as the bony-eared assfish. And I'm not just talking about it because it's got a naughty name. <laughs> well. It has the smallest brain-to-body weight ratio ratio of all known vertebrates. Is that true? Yes. And it's not it's not tiny. It grows to about 37 centimetres in length, but it just has a tiny brain. I've got another bit of information. Go ahead. The word codswallop, like it's a load of old codswallop. What, what, what do you think the meaning of that word is? Hitting someone with a fish? You see, I thought that, and then I thought maybe wallop was like the leftover, because it means rubbish, doesn't it? Mm. So I thought yeah. maybe a wallop was like the bits that were left over from the fish. Right. So, do you know the answer? I do know the answer, and you're going to be really surprised. The term a load of old codswallop was actually first used on the Tony Hancock half hour in 1964. It sounds like a really old word, like Shakespeare made it up. It looks, it sounds like an Elizabethan word. Yeah. Now, there was a load of um, ideas that said perhaps it came from cod piece, perhaps it was to do with cod, and yet it was first written by Dalton. What's his name? Dalton and Simpson. What was Dalton called? Ray. Oh, Ray Dalton. And there is a a phrase that's used. It's hog's wallop, which means pigs rolling in wallop okay which is the same which is derived from the word hogwash which also means rubbish yeah so he just instead of saying hogs wallop he said cods wallop so ray galton was the first person to write that down and yet that word sounds like a, a 16th century word yeah that's, that's interesting. That is a bit interesting. I'm going to find some other words that aren't quite as old as I think. Do you have anything else to add this week, Mum? I'm going to actually say this is about it. Okay. It's time we went. I think so. I've um, very much enjoyed doing our podcast. So have I. I'm going to be bringing a 
list next time of a few of the podcasts that I've been listening to that I think are excellent. Okay. So anybody out there who likes listening to a podcast, maybe I've got a couple in my list that uh, you've not tried yet. And possibly anybody out there can write or tweet in telling me what their favourite podcast is. That would be good. Yeah, and don't forget we're a part of the Britpod scene. So people can check us out on Twitter at Britpod scene or on the BritpodScene.com website to find some other funny British podcasts that they may not have heard of. And we've got Twitter, so you can tweet us on Twitter. What's the address for that? It's at Rough Draft Pod. So, Stacey, this is where I leave you and go back to my life with Belle the Lovely Dog. And I will leave you and go back to Kipper. It's been very enjoyable. Indeed. I'll give you a call next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad With Mum in the bungalow and Stacey at home Send us your stories on your smartphone And then everybody will feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast So that's it from our rough giraffe outtakes i hope you enjoyed them don't forget you can follow us on twitter or instagram and please leave us a review on itunes because it really does help other people find the podcast and have as much fun as you are having right now what i would like you to do though is send us the answers to mum's special questions because she has got a whole spare bedroom full of mugs that she needs to give away so have a look at us on soundcloud because you'll be able to listen to the clips there or have a look on our instagram or twitter page where we post regular um where we post regular tweets about the questions and then just drop us a an email or a direct message with the answers and when we come back in series two you could be the winner of a mug all right then Have a good week. Bye.